Amen. That, that alarm clock gets me every time. God, it's irritating, isn't it? Hey, listen, I want you guys, if you would, to give uh, our praise team and our production team and all these guys that serve every week, if you would give them a hand. Let them know how much we appreciate the hard work they put into every service. They work, they work hard every week trying to make sure that, you know what, that we bring a, a sacrifice of praise that is honorable to God. That is their goal, that is their drive. And it's to lead us, to lead the church, to worship Him in truth and in spirit. And so they have a lot of work to do to prepare their hearts, but to also use their gifts and their skills. And so I just want to uh, just acknowledge them and all these guys who use their gifts and abilities every week. I also want to say thank you. We have an incredible staff here at Journey Church as well. Our, our church staff, they do an incredible job. This past week, someone gave me a card and said, hey, listen, I want you to take the staff to lunch. And I took them, and they were very appreciative. I just want you to know. So thank you for that gift. But I thought it was cool. And so all week long, I've just been thinking about how blessed we are with the team and the staff and how hard they work every week. So if you guys would, give them a hand. Let them know you appreciate them. And if you will, give them a pat on the back or an attaboy and just tell them, hey, thank you for what you do here at Journey Church. People don't know all that goes on behind the scenes. And so... I, I think they would appreciate that. But, hey, we're looking at margin. This is week two. You know, and uh, last week we kind of talked about margin, how we need margin in our lives and how it can affect our lives. And I want you guys to know I survived, you know, telling the story about the boat with Laurie. And uh, we're still good, right, Laurie? We celebrated our 26-year anniversary this past week. It was good. So that was awesome. And uh, she did want me to let you know, though, that it was a duck boat and a fishing boat that we got, not some kind of family boat. So I, I have said it, so I confessed it there. So anyway, but we had, uh, we had fun with that. And so today we're talking about scheduling margin, getting margin in our, in our schedule. How many of you guys would like to have another hour or so in your day or a little bit more time? I see double hands back there. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen, but we're going to talk about how you can get the most out of what you got, okay? And most of us would like to spend more time with our family. If you'd like to spend more time with your family, raise your hand. Yeah. How many of you guys like to spend more time with the person you love the most? Raise your hand. Yeah. I mean, most of us would. You know, we want to spend time with them. And, uh, and if you're sitting beside them, you probably need to raise your hand on that and uh, at least acknowledge that you heard that. But uh, margin is one of the things we have to have in our life in order to be able to do those things. But I will tell you this. If I were to say, hey, listen, you know what? Now you have 25 hours in your day or you've got another hour, most of you would not spend your time any different. It may hurt your feelings, but you wouldn't. You may think, if I had one more hour, you wouldn't spend it any different than you already do. Because you already decided how you're going to spend your time. And most of us, that's the thing. We, we, we have made really some poor decisions on how we spend our time. And so, therefore, we've got to make some changes. And we talked about that last week. If you really want there to be margin in your life, some of you are going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have to make some changes. And you're going to have to make some choices. And so... Part of what we're digging into is not just something that we listen to and we walk away and go, hey, that's a good word, hey, that's a good point. But the question is going to be, what are you willing to change? What are you willing to give up? And so let's look back at the definition that we covered last week with margin. But margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. And here's the second one. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. It's what you have and what you need. What we talked about was if you had, you know, you had uh, 30 minutes to get somewhere, you know, and, uh, you know, it took 20 minutes to get there. Then you have 10 minutes of margin, 10 minutes of margin. So it's kind of like a cushion, if you will. Like for me, I think back, like I said, to paper. And whenever I was in school, it was a little red line. That was the margin. And you weren't supposed to go outside the margin. And it gave you a little bit of cushion on each side of the paper. And so margin is, if you will, in some ways, a little bit of cushion in our lives. And so margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary 
It's the difference between what you have and what you need. And so what we've got to do is realize, you know, when we get down to the thin line where we're, 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 we're down to the very end and we've still got need, then you know what? We've got some problems. And it causes stress, financial stress, emotional stress, relational stress, physical stress. And so we, we go, go, go a lot of times and we're just we're wore out. And so last week's challenge was this. This is one thing I challenged everybody to do was just to spend five minutes alone and still before God. Not to try to think about, hey, what you got to do, be productive in any way, but just to be still and, and just be still before God for five minutes. How many of you guys took that challenge and did that? Raise your hand if you did that. Raise your hand if you spent five minutes alone each day with God. Not very many people in here. A few of you guys did. So you took that challenge. Some of you guys might say, well, Mike, I wasn't here last week. I didn't know about the challenge. All right, well, you start this week. You say, you know what, this week I'm going to take five minutes a day and I'm going to spend time with God just alone, just alone with God in prayer, and I'm not going to accomplish anything. I'm, not going to do, I'm just going to be still before Him. And that's what the Scripture says there in Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Just take a moment, maybe close your eyes. kind of, Because so, if you leave your eyes open, a lot of times you start thinking about, I need to clean that window. You, know, you start looking around. And so just sit there with your eyes closed and just meditate and say, God, I just want to spend time in Your presence. Five minutes. And, you know, and here's the thing. Hopefully, prayerfully, if, if you, and you begin to realize, you know what, hey, I needed that. And then maybe it'll turn into 10 minutes or maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes. You know, but it's important that we spend time with God. And so here's one of the things I want you guys to remember. We talked about this last week. Your schedule does not determine your significance. Your schedule does not determine your significance. I think sometimes we feel like we have to be busy, you know, and we have to do all these things to really feel like we matter or that, we, or that you know, that we're important. And so your significance does not come from your schedule. I hope you guys understand that. So a couple things we walked away with last week. We can become so focused on good things that we miss the best things. We can be focused on good things, things that are good, but we miss the best things. Like Mary and Martha last week. You know, Martha was doing the good things. I mean, she was cleaning the house. She was getting that, you know, the table set. And she was doing good things. But Jesus said, hey, listen, you didn't choose the best thing. You missed it, Martha. Mary has chosen what is best, and it's not going to be taken away from her. And so it's important for us to, to focus on the best things, not the good things. And then here's another one. If Satan can't make you really, really bad, he will make you really, really busy. And hopefully you, you caught that, you walked away with that, and you realize, you know what? Maybe I'm too busy. Too busy for God. Too busy for people. Too busy for my family. I'm too busy for me. I'm wore out. I'm exhausted. You know, we talked about last week, man, just wanting a nap. Just needing a nap. You know, sometimes we're... We go through life, we're pushing hard, we're pushing hard, you know, and the demands of life and demands of everybody else, it just seems like, man, we just, we're going, going, going. That's, that's the norm, isn't it? Is you got to push, 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 dig deep, you know, get more out of it. And, and we just get to the point where we're exhausted and, and we don't have anything left in the tank. You know, you go to work out, you know, and you didn't eat right, you don't have anything in the tank. Are you, you're, you're saying, hey, man, I've got a lot to get done and you just don't have the motivation. And so what happens is because we're so exhausted a lot of times, what we do is we miss out on the very best things because we've, we've poured it all out on the good things. And so we get to the point where, you know, hey, I'm, I'm ready for something that's really great, some of the best, and we fall asleep. We miss it. We sit down, we, we fall asleep. Kind of like this guy right back here. Turn, turn the camera around over there on that guy. Look at that guy. Well, that's Daniel. That's, that's Pastor Daniel. That's, what are you doing sleeping in here, buddy? See, he's tired. He's been working hard. Well, Pastor Daniel back here sleeping. He, he used to be on staff here. But anyway, um, no, but here's the thing. We, we joke about that. But let me tell you, there's times I see, I stand in here on Sundays, and I see people, man, they're struggling just to hang on in here. 
you know, uh, because they're, they're tired, they're exhausted. Or maybe I'm just that boring that they like to sleep. You know, it's good sleeping time. I don't know. But, but we do. We, we, we push, 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 and we're just exhausted. And here's the thing. We miss out on the very best things. Look at this passage here out of Ephesians. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. And it says, be careful how you live. In other words, it's saying caution, caution, caution. That's what it's saying. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And so here's the thing. What the Scripture is being very clear about, hey, be careful. This world, man, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be things that will lure you away. Be careful. You know, you know usually what we, when we see a caution light or something, it means to slow down, be alert, be aware. When someone says we see a caution sign or something like that or caution tape, it's like, hey, listen, there's, there's trouble ahead. And so what we've got to be willing to do is we've got to be willing to listen to this passage and says, hey, be careful how you live. Be cautious about how you live. And then it says, don't live like fools. And let me just say, there's a lot of people, Christians, believers, followers of Christ, who live like fools. But it's saying very clearly here, don't live like fools, but live but like those who are wise. Those who are wise. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In other words, he's saying, hey, listen, think about what you're doing. Think about the steps. Think about how you're spending your time. Think about today. You know, and, and think about how you can make the most of the opportunity by making the wise choice. Andy Stanley wrote a book a few weeks or a few years ago. And it's called The Best Question Ever. And it is a great question. And, and what he asked, what he talks about in there is we should be asking, hey, is this the wise thing to do? Is it the wise choice? Is it the wise choice? You know, for many of you guys, you may be going through life and, and for some of you, you know, you're, you're going, you know, I've got opportunities to do things and there's opportunities that pop up and it's good things. Like someone asks you to be a part of something, you go, hey, that's a good thing. But is it the wise thing? Is it, is it something else to keep you out at night whenever you could be home with your family? Or maybe, maybe, you know, you and your spouse, you and your wife, or you and your husband, man, your marriage is not doing really well and you're struggling to get along and try, you're struggling to communicate and you decide, hey, man, you know what, why don't we build a house? That'll help. That is not the wise decision. You know, building a house, they tell you, you better be married 10 years and you better have a good marriage. Because building a house can, can kill you. And so the thing is, is we often ask that question, you know, we, or we need to ask that question, hey, is this the wise thing to do? Or maybe like a, a, a couple who's having a tough time and they're not able to get along, they're struggling with, you know, with just being, you know, there for one another. And they say, hey, well, listen, why don't we have another baby? That's what we need. We need another baby to kind of bring us back together. It doesn't work that way. I don't know if you guys realize that. It doesn't work that way. And, and so we have to ask, what is the wise thing to do? So whenever we're going through life and we have opportunities, and that's what it says, you're going to have opportunities, make the most of them, but make the wise choice. Some of you guys made the choice to be here this morning. You said, you know what, I can sleep in, you know, or I can do whatever, I can watch TV, or I can go to church, I can gather with the other believers, I can hear a, a message that may challenge me, and I might be able to walk away with some things, some practical application on how to maybe get my life in order, because right now it feels like it's chaos. I'm overloaded, I'm exhausted, I'm wore out. And so maybe you made a wise choice today. And so... It says here in Psalms 90, verse 12, Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Man, I don't know about you, but I want to be known as someone who is wise. I don't want to be known as a fool. And that's what Scripture is saying. That, hey, listen, do live like people who are wise. 
Don't live like a fool. I mean, who wants to be known as a fool? You know, maybe you say, hey, man, I want to be the class clown. I want everybody to laugh at me. I want to be the bun of all the jokes. I want, I want it to be, a, you know, I want it to be about me. And a lot of times I'm thinking, man, why would you want that? We ought to desire to be wise in our decisions and to be able to help people and give them direction in life. So here's the thing. How do we, we, let's answer this question. How do we schedule wisely? How do we schedule wisely? And, and, and we're going to talk about this, but you know, I did an illustration a few years ago, and I'm going to show you a video that I think does a good job. Now, this video is kind of targeted towards students. And so for some of you students, this would be a good thing to, to look at. But it talks about like homework and sports and stuff. But for some of you moms and dads, don't dial it out, but just kind of put in place whenever they start kind of looking at the different things that we put in our life. Maybe your work or your hobby or the things that you spend your time doing. And the, and the thing is, is, it's about priority. What goes in first? So check out this video. What a great illustration of priorities. You know, the thing is, is when we take the bigger rocks and we put them in first, the more important things, and we put them in first, there's room for everything in our life that matters. And, so, and, and I love the fact that, you know, you pour all the sand in there and you try to put the rocks in and it just doesn't work. We've done that illustration before. And I, and I love the fact that they use the different colors. and, and all, But the thing is, is you, you have to start with that bedrock. You have to start with that foundation. And whenever we look at... God, and we say, you know, God, you are the rock. God, you're, you're what matters most. God, your word is a solid foundation. I will build my life on your word. I will build my life on your truth, on your precepts, on your teachings. And so, God, I, I want to build my life on those things. So here's what we're saying when we say that. We've got to say, God, I want those things to go first. And so whenever we put prayer, time with God, intimate time with prayer first, we put reading God's word into our, in, into our schedule first, Here's the thing. There will be time for the other stuff, but these things matter most. And so, looking at your outline, the way that we're able to schedule wisely is priority determines capacity. Priority determines capacity. So what we have to ask is, man, are my priorities right? Do I have the right order, the right focus? And many of us, if we were being honest, we'd have to say, I don't. There's other things that take my time. There's other things that eat up my time. And so my priorities, you know, I think most of us in this room, many guys are here today, you would say, you know, I know it's important for me to get up and spend time in prayer with God, but man, I just don't do it. 
I know it's important for me to spend time in God's Word. You know, I need to know what it says, but I don't do it. And so we've got to be careful about you know, just saying, hey, listen, I know those things, but I don't do those things. Well, what's going to change? Something's got to give. Something's got to change. And so priority determines capacity. When we establish the, the most important things first, it allows us to do even more. And look at this. Priorities is something giving or given or meriting attention before competing alternatives. There will always be competition, you know, for my time with God. There will always be something tempting and enticing for me to do in place of my time with God. For some of you guys, maybe it, it's hitting the, the, the snooze button. You know, you know, you know, I mean, if I get up, I get to spend time with God, but you keep hitting the snooze button. There'll always be competing things for your time in prayer. There'll always be competing times for your time in God's Word. There'll always be competing time things for your time with your family. There'll always be competing things for your time with your spouse. And the thing is, is what do you choose? Do you choose the alternatives? Do you choose what is tempting you, what is, what is literally luring you away, or do you choose, hey, you know what, I've already made a decision, these are the priorities in my life, they come first. Because there will always be something competing. And so we have to, we have to guard against that. The, Psalms 18.31 says, For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? What a great foundation. To know, that, you know, hey, my relationship with God comes first. We just sang a song a few minutes ago, I'm alive because of Him. I'm alive we celebrate that. We celebrate who Jesus is. We celebrate, you know, that we have life through Christ. We have a relationship with the Father through His Son, Jesus. And we celebrate that in song. But here's the thing. Do we celebrate it in our life? Day in, day out. Week in, week out. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and, and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. And so seeking God first. So let me ask you, is that the very first thing? Is that the priority of your life, the kingdom of God? And it's, here's the thing. I know in here it's the spiritual thing to say, yes, God is first. Yes, the kingdom of God. That sounds like the right answer, but that's not the way my life looks. To so seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything, everything. You might want to underline everything you need. It says the secret to getting more done is not adding, it's prioritizing correctly. So we, some of you guys will walk out of here and go, you know what, man, I need to be spending time in God's life and God's Word, and so I'm going to add that to my schedule. No, you've got to prioritize it. I need, I need to be in a life group, so I'm going to add that to my schedule. No, here's the thing, you've got to rearrange your schedule. Now, some of you don't like change. How many of you guys don't like change? Raise your hand if you don't like change. Yeah, some things got to change. You know, we often, we won't change in our life, but we don't want to make adjustments. So we may have to change our schedule. We may have to say no to something that's just good for something that is best. And we, we have to be willing to say, you know what, God, I want to change what is important in my life. God, I need your help on that. I need you to show me what is important. And so the secret to getting more done is not adding, it's prioritizing. It's making sure that the most important things are done first, and then there's time for the others. Look at this next statement. It says, we've not stopped to determine or consider what is most important in the first place. And so that's something I want you to work on today. I want you to, while you're here today, I want you to start asking, you know, God, what is most important in my life? Like I said, don't give him the pat answer. He knows your heart. He knows your calendar. He knows your schedule. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you'll think before you ever think it. He knows what you'll speak before you ever speak it. He knows everything. You can't hide anything from him. You can't hide from him. And so just ask yourself for a second. Just say, God, you know, God, will you show me and help me see what is really the most important thing in my life? Is it my career? Is it my accomplishments? Is it stuff? Is it things? Is, is it God, is it you? 
I mean, what is the most important thing? So just today, I want you to ask yourself, what is the most important thing? And I think most of us in this room, if we were really honest with ourselves, we, we know what it is. And we're a little bit embarrassed that it's not God. And it's not His Word. And it's not our spouse. And it's not our family. Sometimes it's just junk. There was a class that a, a guy went to. He was a, he was a manager for this corporation, and anyway, they had these stores everywhere. And so what they did is they, they were doing some training, and they brought them in. And they said, I want, I want all you guys to turn in your, your daytimers or your planners or your, your schedule, uh, you know, for the, for the last three months. And so they, they turned it all in, and they asked this question. They said, we want you to write down what your values are. You know, what are, what are your values? What are your priorities? And so, of course, everybody wrote down. The good answers, right? You know, hey, like it started out with, like with God first, uh, my marriage second, my family third, you know, and then it kind of started dropping off after that, you know, work and then hobbies and whatever. And so what the, the company did is a cool concept. They took their calendars and they took their schedules and they began to uh, calculate how they spent their time. And they, and they told them, they said, here's the thing. What you have is you have a list over here that you call your your uh, your lived values, that's what your calendar reveals, and then your claimed values, what you say. And so the thing is, is what they had said was, hey, you know, my values are my relationship with God, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my family. But their time and their, their lived values, how they were living their life, was that work was first. Their hobbies were like second. And so on down. It was almost reverse order of everything that they had said. And so here, here's what the, the company was saying. Hey, listen, guys, we want y'all to be the best leaders possible. We want you to be the best managers possible. So here's the thing. You need to, you need to get your lived values lined up with your claimed values. Then you are a person of integrity and character, and you're a difference maker. And so let me ask you, if we were to do an inventory of your last three weeks or your last three months, would it line up with what you claim as your values? Or would it be just like these guys, just the opposite of what we claim. Because we need our, our claimed values to line up with our lived values. We claim to be a follower of Christ, and we claim that He is Lord of our life, but yet when we look at our calendar, do we spend any time with Him? Do we spend any time in His Word? We claim that we believe that Jesus is the way to God, that He is, he is the Son of God. He went to the cross and He died for people. But do we believe it to the point that we share that message with anyone? We claim that we believe that Jesus can change people's lives, but we don't ever share that hope with anyone. So we claim one thing, but we live a different life. And so the whole goal is to say, God, help me to line up with what I I claim, God, with also how I live. And God, I want to be a a witness for you. So so the thing is, is we, we need to be willing to say, God, change whatever needs to be changed. And God, start with me. God, start with me right now. Start changing me. Here's, look at this next statement. It says, what, what's most important to you, really? So what are you, what or who, what, who are the big rocks in your life? All right, so just an opportunity to be transparent with yourself. And maybe you write it out to the side on your notes. If you were to ask, you know, if, if you would just ask yourself, hey, what is really most important to me? And if you could be honest and transparent today with yourself, just write it over there to the side, hey, this is what is important to me. And it doesn't have to be God if it's not, because then you're lying. But just be, put what it is. Maybe, hey, maybe you say, hey, it's my career. Maybe I want to be, I want to be the, the, the new whatever. I want that new promotion. I want to make this amount of money. I want to have this kind of house. I want, you know, it's about stuff. 
Write that down. Just be honest. And then look at the next one. Schedule the important things first. We talked about that. So it's important that we schedule the first things first, the most important things. So my time with God should be first. And I know many of you guys, you struggle with this. You wake up in the mornings, you roll out of the bed, you have to force yourself to get in the shower. Once you get in the shower, you know, you start kind of get going. Then you go get coffee. And then you're probably taking care of the kids or doing something else, getting everything together. And then, you know, there's a wreck on the interstate, and so you're struggling with that, and you're mad. Before you go, you get to the end of the day, you're exhausted, and you crash. And God never had any time in there. Remember, it said, seek first the kingdom of God. And I've often told people, say, listen, if, if you're not your best early in the morning, then when you're at your best, give Him your best. You know, maybe for some of y'all that you go, well, Mike, that's 9 o'clock for me, and I'm at work, and I can't, I can't meet with God at work. Well, then find your best time that you can meet with Him, and then meet with Him. Or maybe you get up a little bit earlier, and you start your day just a tad, or, or you go to bed a little bit earlier. You know, because here's the thing, a lot of what we do today is affected by what we did yesterday. So maybe we go to bed earlier, 30 minutes earlier, and we get up 30 minutes earlier, and we kind of get our day going, moving in the right direction. So schedule the important things first. And I'll say this, if you don't choose what is important, if you don't choose what is important, someone else will choose it for you. Somebody's going to say, well, meaning what you ought to do is this. Y'all know anybody like that? I had a friend of mine, I used to call him a professional expert. It didn't matter what you said, he knew more than anybody else. He goes, well, do what you ought to do is this. And I couldn't stand for him to say that. You know what I'm saying? It just irritated me. And so a lot of times we've got people around us and we'll, be, we'll say, hey, you know, I'm trying to decide. And what you ought to do, you know, and, and, and it can get irritating. So here's the thing. There's people that will say, you need to do this, you need to do that or whatever. And they will determine for you what is important. But that's not their responsibility. That's yours. And God, will, He will guide you and direct you. Remember Jesus said, hey, I will teach you. I will teach you how to have rest. I will teach you what is most important. And so here's a, here's a couple things we learned last week. Learn to say no to some good things. It's okay to say no to some things. Some of you guys can't say no to anything. And that is, that is dysfunctional, dude. I mean, that is jacked up. You need some help with that. If you need counseling, get some counseling. But I'm just saying, if you say yes to everything and you're always making it about everybody else and not about what is best for you so that you can be your best for your family, you need some help. I'm just telling you. But we've got to be willing to say no to some things that are just good things. And we've got to be willing to say yes to the best things. And so that's a cha- that may be a change for you. You might say, well, man, I, I, like, you know, I like to help people out. That's a good thing. But, hey, it, does your family need you at home? You might say, well, you know, I've I got an opportunity over here to be on this council or be on this board or whatever. And you say, you know, you have to ask that question, the wise question. Hey, is this the wise thing to do? Because that's one more night for me to be away from my family. One more night to be away from my family. One more opportunity but is is it the wise opportunity you know i was talking this this past week we've we've got kids being born everywhere around here john and hannah reese they had their baby uh this past week uh, michael and nicole sullivan had their baby you know and uh, uh jessica and her husband they had their baby and and we've got we've got like babies everywhere and, and i've told all of them i said you know I, I sound like a guy who used to tell me this hey listen you better enjoy them while they're young because they will grow up and be gone before you know it yeah, and, and most of you guys agree with that. But whenever you're young, you're like, yeah, whatever, you know, dude. Uh, you don't think like we do as we get older. And so I can remember people telling me that, hey, you better enjoy them. I was like, dude, I am. What do you think I'm doing, you know? And so we would, we would enjoy our kids. But now I'm telling you, they grow up and they get gone quick. And so holding those babies and looking at these babies, I, I realize, you know what, man, they're so quickly they're gone. So quickly they're gone. My oldest will be 23 at the end of September. You know, and, and my youngest just turned 16. It's crazy how quickly they grow up. 
And, and so what happens is we tell them that. But, man, I can remember just being, man, looking forward to them being out of diapers. Man, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be a celebration. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever they could feed themselves. That was pretty cool, too. You know, and then they're potty trained. That's a big one. You know, that's a cool thing. But it, it's a lot. Some, then you realize, man, man, it just blew by. It blew by. They're, they're growing up and they're, they're moving on in life. And so we need to be willing to say, hey, you know, let's slow down. Let's take time to spend with us. Learn to say yes to the best things. Learn to say yes to the best thing. He says, anything I, this is, this is Solomon speaking. He says, anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work. Great pleasure in hard work. A reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was all so meaningless. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. There's some of you that, man, you have a great work ethic. And I love a great work, work ethic as much as anybody. But, I, but what happens sometimes is that becomes your guide. You're working so hard to accomplish things. You're working so hard to get the pat on the back or the attaboy. Or you're working so hard just to prove to somebody that, you know what, I can do things. Maybe you had a dad or someone that told you, say, you know what, you'll never amount to anything. You're like, I'm going to prove him wrong. And so you work so hard to prove him wrong. Listen, he was messed up when he said that. But the thing is, is we, we work so hard to prove people wrong sometimes that we miss out on the best things trying to prove somebody wrong. I remember Laurie's uh, dad, you know, uh, he, he worked for Auburn University. And uh, he was a professor there. And uh, Laurie used to talk about how he would work at work and he would come home and he would eat dinner with the family, they would have a conversation, he would, he would watch the news, and then he would go downstairs to his, his study or his, his office, and he would work there till like 10, 10.30 at night. And so he, he, he was a workaholic, and he would tell you that. He was a workaholic. And so he, he spent a lot of time working, working, trying to sort things out, help people, and all this kind of stuff. But he missed a lot of opportunities in Laurie and her, in her sister's life. And so I remember one, one Christmas, he wrote a letter to, to Wendy and to Laurie and and he, he, he said, you know, listen, I, w- I want you to know, he said, uh, I made the wrong choice many times. In other words, he was saying, hey, I, I had the ladder against the wrong wall. He said, I made the wrong choice too many times. There were swim meets. Laurie was a swimmer, and, and so there was a lot of swim meets that she was not, he was not at and things that he was not always able to be there. And he was at some of the things, but not, not some of the things that he could have been. And so he was writing a letter of apology to his daughters and said, I made the wrong choice. And that was years ago, and so the cool thing about that is he made a change. And he made a decision that he wanted to be involved and engaged. And, and thank God he has been involved and engaged in his daughter's lives, and he's been involved and engaged in, in uh, their grandkids, our kids' lives. And I'm thankful for the, the, the person that he is, and he shares Jesus with them. He shares hope with them. But he made a choice for a long time on the wrong wall. And there's some of you that you're right there with him. You're a workaholic, and you're, it's all about, hey, I've got to make more money. I've got to make more of this. I've got to do this. I've got to have this size house. And your kids are really just saying, hey, listen, we just want you. We just want you to be here and to be a part of our lives. And so just, man, maybe some of you here today that you need to hear that your kids need you to be there for them. You know, that job, man, it's important. I know it helps pay the bills, but you know what? It doesn't need to be your guide. And so... I love the fact that there was a change in Larkin's life. And maybe for you, 
Maybe today is the day that you go, you know what? Something's got to change. Something's got to give. Something's got to be different. Don't miss those opportunities. Look at what it says in Romans 12 too. We said this last week. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, God wants what is best for you. It's perfect. He doesn't want you just to experience the good stuff. He wants you to experience the very best, the perfect stuff. And so God wants you to be in the center of His will. He wants you to know how to, how to walk with Him. He wants you to know about the kingdom of God. And He said, hey, listen, put those things first, and man, I will bless you. Don't follow the patterns of this world. The pattern of this world is crazy. I mean, if we were to step back, if we just look at the news, and it don't matter what news you look at, it's all crazy. It doesn't matter what, what, you know, if you're liberal or you're conservative, if you watch Disney news or whatever, they all influence you, and a lot, a lot of that stuff is just crazy. But the thing is, is what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, I want to seek you first. Not the pattern of this world, not what everybody is preaching and claiming, but God, truth. God, that's what I want. And so look at this next statement here. It says, you will make, make, you'll wake up one day and realize you missed the most important relationships. That's what Larkin was saying. Laurie's dad was saying, hey, listen, he woke up one morning and he realized, you know what, I made the wrong choice. I missed out on the relationships and the time that I could have been with my kids. You know, here's the thing. He can't go back and get any of that back, but he can make a difference from this point forward. I've had guys here in our church tell me, you know what, you know, there's a lot of things I did right, but man, there's some things I did wrong. I didn't teach my kids to pray. I didn't teach my kids to spend time in God's Word. I didn't teach, here's the thing, you can, don't, don't, don't just want to be the fun dad. Hey, well, I'm going to be the fun dad. We'll go fishing. We'll go do this. We'll go to the lake. We'll do all this kind of stuff. Don't be just the fun dad. Be the spiritual dad. Be the spiritual dad who teaches your children how to pray, who teaches them about the Word of God. That as you're getting up and as you're going about life, you're teaching them about how God's Word applies to that situation. You're talking to them about how God is changing you and, and what He's teaching you. Don't just be the fun dad or the fun mom, but be the spiritual dad and the spiritual mom. And teach them to put Christ first in their life. It says we'll wake up one day and realize we missed the most important things, that's relationships. It's because they're never urgent. They're never urgent. Like I said, you know, these kids, we think, well, you know, they'll be around. i got 20-something years, and before you know it, they're gone. Before you know it, they're out on their own. And they've got their own family. You know, and there was a time back years ago, years and years ago, people lived within 25 miles, maybe at the most 50 miles of where they were born. And, and, but now, man, our kids, they move off to other states, and they move off to other cities. And it's a whole different ballgame. And so don't, don't miss the, 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 the moment, the opportunity. Because they're never urgent. They're most easily damaged by busyness. They're most easily damaged by busyness. My oldest son, Hunter, when he was little, you know, I used to love coming home because uh, my boys would always, Daddy, 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 Daddy's home, man. I used to love it. They don't care anymore. You know, it's like, hey, Daddy's home, big deal. You know, no big deal. But whenever that, you were little, man, you came home, it was awesome. And uh, I remember, you know, Hunter came up to me and he said, Daddy, he said, uh, he goes, can we go fishing? And I was like, baby, not today. I said, you know, man, I've had a long day, and I've got a lot of stuff i got to get done. And I said, not today. I said, we'll go tomorrow. So the next day, I come home, daddy, 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 you know, and he comes up, and he goes, hey, are we going fishing today? And I was tired, and I was like, man, you know, i tell you what, let's, let's not go today. Let's go tomorrow. And so the next day, I come in, and he comes running up. He goes, daddy, he goes, are we going fishing today? And I began to make excuses because of busyness. He said, you're tricking me. 
He said, you're just tricking me. I said, no. I apologize. I lied to you. I said, but we're going. Go get your stuff. Let's go. And it was one of those moments where I realized my busyness is taken away from my time with my son to make memories, to do stuff together. And here's the thing. I was modeling lying to him. I was modeling lying to him. And there's some of you that you're the same way. You promise, you promise, you promise, you never deliver. And you don't follow through on what you say you'll do. And so here's the thing. What you're doing is you're modeling to your kid it's okay to lie. I said, no, I said, no go get your stuff. And so we went fishing that day. And, and, man, and, and I've, I've learned, and I've had to learn that lesson over and over again. I realized, you know what, dude, I'm getting too busy. Because busyness will destroy relationships. We get so busy that we don't have time for our spouse. We get so busy we don't have time for our kids. We get so busy we don't have time for our friends. And what we need to do is say, you know what, relationships are what's ma- what matters most. God teaches us that. God said, hey, listen, it's so important for me to have a relationship with you that I'll let my son go and die for you on the cross so that you can live eternally and we can have a right relationship. So God himself modeled the fact that, you know what, relationships are what is most important. It's not stuff. You can't take it with you. It's relationships. It's relationships. Business and intimacy don't mix very well. When you're so busy with your to-do list, you're so busy with your task list that you don't have time to, to sit down and have conversation with, with the people that matter most in your life, you, you've got things upside down. When you're so busy that you can't take that time to pursue one another as a couple, you've got issues. When you don't have time to be intimate and to build relationships with your family, you're too busy. And we said it last week, we said it again today, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. It says we add and add and relationships are compressed. We keep adding to our schedule. Oh, that sounds like a good thing to do. Well, they need me. And on and on, but we forget that, you know what, our family needs us. Our spouse needs us. And so relationships get compressed. So look at this last point. I think this is important. What matters most is often what is missing. Many of you guys in this room claim to be believers, followers of Christ, Christians. But here's some of the things that may be missing in your, in your life. Intimate time with God. You say, Mike, I'm a Christian. All right, but let me ask you, is there intimate time with God? Do you make it a priority? Is it one of the big blocks, one of the big rocks that you put in first? It says, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And it says, with all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. God's Word is clear. Hey, listen, put me first, and I promise you, I will bless you. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you guidance. I'll give you direction. And Jesus made it clear. He said, hey, listen, come to me and I will, I will teach you the right way. And then look at the second one. is intentional times of rest. Intentional times of rest. Then Jesus said, said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. There's some of you in this room that you need rest. You're tired. You're exhausted. Man, and, and, and you need rest. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That's at the very core of you. We live in a culture today where we know what we do is we, 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 we want people to think that we're busy. Even if we're not. Don't, isn't that right? I mean, like someone said, hey, man, what, what you been doing? Oh, man, I've been busy. And that's the first thing that rolls out of our mouth. And then we have to tell them. We have to qualify that statement, right? We have to tell them, man, I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. You know, and we want to qualify that, hey, I hadn't been sitting around. I hadn't been kind of being a loafer today. I have been busy. I just want you to know how busy I am. And it almost becomes a competition between 
I may have been busier than you are, you know, and I may have got a few more things accomplished than you did. And so it becomes like a competition. And we almost feel like we have to qualify that, hey, I haven't wasted any time today. I've been good. I, I'm, I'm bad about it. When I call somebody on the phone and say, hey, man, what are you doing? That is what I ask. And I realized this past week I was telling the staff, I said, I may have to stop asking that because people feel like they have to give me something that they've been doing because they don't want to be lazy, you know what I'm saying? And so I, and what if they're in the bathroom? Well, you, you, don't, you don't really want to know what I'm doing right now, Mike. You know, hopefully they won't answer the phone in the bathroom, but you never know. You know, I've got some friends. I don't know. But the thing is, is we ask a lot of times, hey, what are you doing? Well, then we have to go down our list of what we've been doing. But what if, what, if we, some, what if someone said, hey, man, what have you been up to? I've been resting. We almost feel guilty. Hey, what you been doing today? Man, just laying around the house just resting. We're probably thinking, well, that must be nice. You bum. Dude, you don't have anything to do. You know, I, mean, in a, I mean, y'all laughing because you know what I'm thinking. But we, we're, we're thinking, you just laying around the house resting? Are you kidding me? You know, so here's the thing is we need to understand. God created everything that we see, all that we know. He spoke it into existence. In six days, and it says he rested on the seventh. What did he model? Rest. He, he, he commands in the, great, in, in the Ten Commandments, he says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. In other words, every seven days have a day of rest. When's the last time you had a day of rest? It's not God's fault that you didn't. It's your choices. So here's the thing, what we've got to be willing to do. So you know what? I, my body needs rest. My body needs a time just to rest. My mind needs rest. I, I just need a day just to, to rest. And so the thing, I would, I would encourage you guys, you know, we talked about maybe taking five minutes and spending time with God. Maybe take one day a week and just try to rest. Not do anything, not accomplish all, you know, everything on your to-do list, but just to rest. You know, and, and, and I know that seems far, especially in this culture, that's like, are you crazy? I mean, that's wasted time. No, no, no. It, it, it's, a, it's an opportunity to fulfill what God's Word says. And God says that if we will seek His kingdom, He'll provide everything else. If we'll seek Him first, He'll provide everything else. And so a time of rest. Look at what it says in James 4, 17. It says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Rest. How many of you guys love a good nap? Raise your hand. Boy, I do. Sunday afternoon nap. There's nothing like a Sunday afternoon nap. I love them. It's the only day I get to do that. But, man, I'm telling you, that, dude, on Sunday afternoon, I'm, I'm going to crash at some point. And it's a good hard one. All right, so all right, look at these next steps. There may be, so maybe there's some steps for you guys in here. Number one, it says, I will determine what is most important to, to me today. I'd like for you to do that. Just right now, if you would, just say, you know what, God, I thought about this. We asked the question earlier. God, I realize this is what is important to me. And here's the thing, I want you to be honest, I want you to be transparent. Don't just give the spiritual answer because you're sitting in church and you're afraid that somebody's going to look at your notes and go, uh-huh, God's not first. Don't worry about that. Just be honest. Hey, God already knows. Just say, you know, God, this, this is what's important to me. And if He's not in first, maybe you just need to say, God, I need you to help me change. And then the second one, I will schedule the most important things first. Maybe, maybe today what you do is you go home, before you take your nap, before you go home, when you get home, you say, you know what, I'm going to schedule time in God's Word. I'm going to schedule time in prayer. I'm going to schedule time with my wife. I'm going to schedule time with my husband. I'm going to schedule time with them because here's the thing. If you don't schedule it, someone else will, will type your schedule for you. And so you've got to be willing to go and say, you know, I'm going to put the, first, the most important things first. And then look at the last one. I will seek God first. I will seek God first. 
over a career, over accolades, over accomplishments, over stuff, over things. I will, I will seek God first in every area of my life. And he says that he will meet every need that you have. And so that's a choice that you have to make. And so maybe today you say, you know what? That is my choice. I want, I want to choose God. There may be some of you in here today that you've never put your faith in Christ. You've never accepted Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, that is your first step. Seek God. And how do you find God? Through the person of Jesus Christ. You, 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 you have to sit there and say, you know what? I want a relationship with God. The way that we get there. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. So if you want to know the first step, it's Jesus. It's you accepting Jesus Christ. You asking Jesus to come and live within you. And He literally says He will give you rest. And He'll literally come and live within you. He'll fill you with Him. He will live within you. We sang it a while ago. The Spirit within me is strong. And so whenever we, we sing that, we're saying, God, I have accepted Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of the living God is living within me. So for some of you, the most important step for you today is to accept Jesus Christ. And say, Jesus, I want you to live in me. Jesus, I want you to live through me. And I know that you can change me. And so if that is your prayer, man, I want to encourage you. With all the faith that you have, put your faith in Jesus for salvation today. And here's the thing, trust Him and let Him, like it says up here, let Him take my yoke upon me and let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. Let me ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Kind of dial everything out for a second. Just say, Jesus, change me. Jesus, please change me. And I want to encourage you. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, that's the most important step. And maybe for you, right now, you're ready. And you just, you, you want Christ to come and live within you. You realize, I need Jesus. I need a right relationship with God. And so I want to encourage you to pray a prayer with me. I, I'll, I'll lead you through the prayer. And here's the thing, it's not my prayer, it's your prayer. It has to be from your heart. It is your surrender. It is your salvation. But I want to lead you through a simple prayer. And it goes like this. It just says, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And Jesus, I believe that you can save me. I believe that you can change me. And so Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I am giving you my life. I am giving you my heart. And so Jesus, will you come and live within me? I confess to you that I'm a sinner, Jesus. And I need you. And I need to change. Will you help me change? That's repentance. And his answer is yes. So if you just prayed that prayer, man, I just want you to know, the Bible says that you will be saved. You become a child of God. You're adopted into His family. And here's the thing, He wants to celebrate that. They're celebrating in heaven if you just prayed that prayer. They're celebrating in heaven. We want to celebrate as a church. And we want to celebrate your decision. And we want to walk with you from this point forward and help you become all that God wants you to be. And so if you just prayed that that prayer, man, I just want you to raise your hand just so I can I can pray with you. Nobody's looking but me. Just raise your hand. Anybody? I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. Man, let me just tell you, we as a church celebrate your decision. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices and celebrates that decision. You are part of the family. And you are a child of God. Pastor Daniel will give you some instructions on what you guys can do as a next step. But we celebrate with you your salvation. Father, thank you for today. And God, I know we're talking about schedules today, but God, talk about a divine appointment. 
you had these two men here today in a divine appointment. God, you wanted to save them. You wanted to change them. Redeem them. God, I thank you for their decision today. God, I pray that you show us as a church how we can walk with them, how we can celebrate that moment, that decision. God, thank you that you went to such a great length to, to send your son Jesus to the cross that we might live. God, I pray that we would live this week in a way with priorities in order. God, getting our priorities right has a lot to do with capacity and what we're able to accomplish. God, we want to accomplish what you have in mind for us because we know it is what is perfect. So God, direct us as believers this week to do what we can for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray.